Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Rachel Harris grew up in Ohio and began working in restaurants while pursuing her acting and comedy career. She began to perform comedy shows with the Groundlings in Los Angeles and landed her first acting gig in the film Treehouse Dolls. She can now be seen in hit films like The Hangover and Natural Selection and on the Netflix series Lucifer. On this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, Rachel Harris reflects on her family upbringing, her favorite project she's worked on, and how she first got involved in the entertainment industry. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Carlos. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What sunny place are you in? I'm in Los Angeles. Where Where are you? I'm in the Bay Area. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love the Bay Area. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I love the Bay Area, too. Do you spend time up here? I haven't in a while, but I, um, I like it because being from the East Coast, it's... Um, I feel like it has more of a change of seasons to it. Where on the East Coast are you from? Well, I'm originally from Ohio. And then, um, yeah, I'm originally from Ohio. And then uh, I lived in New York for many years, like in the early 90s. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so you, you, you and I have a little bit in common. I was born in Cleveland. And, um, oh my gosh. Yes. And my grandmother lived in Sensi. And so I spent a lot of time in Sensi as well. Me too. And, uh, and I lived in New York, uh, for a number of years too. Oh my gosh. Carlos, did you, were, did you go to like all the Reds games? Did you, were you a baseball fan at all? So that's so funny that you know Reds. I almost never hear anyone say that. So there was a guy named George Foster, probably before your time, but he was a, he was a great player for them. In the 70s, he was like MVP one season. He had 52 homers, 149 RBIs, batted 320. And I was playing Little League Baseball for a whole crazy reason in Cincinnati, attending school there. And he stopped by our Little League Park. You've never seen a little kid more excited. I don't think you've ever seen a little kid more excited. So, yes. No, I believe that. But I love that you were born in Cleveland. Yeah, because I was raised with the big red machine. I actually got to see oh. Pete Rose. 
Oh, and I know Dave Concepcion and uh, Johnny Bench and Johnny Bench, all those guys, because my dad, my mom and dad were, you know, from Ohio. There's two things that you love, the Reds and the Buckeyes. (laughs) And so in the summers, we'd drive to Cincinnati and we'd go to Reds games. Like maybe I don't want to, it's not like we had season tickets. It was a big deal. And so, and then we would go to Kings Island. Uh, you know, like, and then we go to Cedar Point. It depended on if my stepbrothers, you know, if we were picking up my stepbrothers and sisters on the way. All right. Important question. What yeah. was your fast food joint? What was your fast food joint? Where'd you guys go? Well, mine was McDonald's. I mean, that's because in high school, we'd drive down to McDonald's, but we also loved Skyline Chili. Like that oh, was. Oh, that's what I was asking. That's why I didn't say hamburger joint. I wanted to see if you were Skyline Chili girl. Oh, no, we okay. were completely. And that's. Those are, and like now those are kind of like very generic type, like silly dogs, if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they right, were really right. like craft cheese and like canned, <laughs> canned chili. It's not like home style chili. Yeah. You know, where yeah. you like have, where, you, where it's like you've made it on the pot and it's really like hearty. You know, know, Ohio has all those kind of restaurants and Dairy Queens and, um, um, oh my goodness, they're not cold. Oh my gosh. And and do you remember those? Do I, I worked at a Dairy Queen. Like I made dilly bars. (laughs) I made dilly bars. And I also, and also Krispy Kreme originated in the, on the East coast. Like people out here in Los Angeles, they're like, oh yeah, Krispy. I'm like, I have been eating those for 50 years. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and we, and every day, but this was the deal. When I was in high school in Worthington, Ohio, we would drive, we, we'd get a one hour lunch. And it was a big deal. You'd find a friend that had a car. I did not. So I would get in somebody's car. We'd drive down. And every day I had a quarter pound of the cheese, a small French fry and <laughs> diet Coke for lunch. The diet Coke was important. <laughs> and then we'd go get a Krispy Kreme, cream filled chocolate topped, you know, donut. And, and I didn't understand why I was chunky. <laughs> My mom used to say chunky, <laughs> chunky girl. Do you know what? That is so funny. I'm forgetting all the words, but we did used to use words like chunky. That's right. We had words oh, like yeah. chunky and people had names like Eugene. So all those things were true. <laughs> Can you imagine calling somebody like chunky now? You would, we, our careers would be over. I can only talk about that with myself. Like, you can't be like, she's a chunky girl. Right. No. Right. No. no. Yeah, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. You know, so it's girl. that Ohio. So um, I was born in Cleveland. So my folks had met in New York. They moved to Pittsburgh. Then they moved to Cleveland. Then they, then we left early. We went to Kalamazoo. And then my dad was like, all of this is crazy. Oh, Worcester. Oh, you know, you know Worcester. Woo! I do. Yeah, woo woo. Worcester. Mm-hmm. All right, so we like all these places. Then we have a lot of stuff. Well, we moved down to Miami, Florida. Do you know Miami, Florida? Did you ever spend time in Miami, Florida? I do. No, no, that was where rich people went. <laughs> like was down. <laughs> we never went. Like like people would go to spring break. Like I remember like hearing about things like Captiva Island. To this day, I've never been to Captiva Island. But when I hear that, I think rich people went <laughs> to Florida. All right. All right. So at any rate, I interrupted you. So you went to Miami. We went to Miami, oh. but I love that we were rich people. We will, I'll say this. We were people with a rambler who got something called a triptych. I don't know if you remember triptychs. We got triptychs. 
Because you got it from AAA. Okay, correct. Yeah, and they'd, and they'd map out, they'd highlight your whole route for you. Correct. So that's what we were doing. So we were, we were on our way down to Miami in those days. That's how we got there. But now, but now, are your folks from Ohio as well, or or did they just somehow end up there? Yeah, no, my parents, uh, my mom and dad met in Ohio in high school in Springfield, Ohio. I like to say, like in the same town that John Legend grew up, but we've never connected over that. But I wish we did because his his uh, I know at at the time his grandmother went to was in a um, you know like a, a home for seniors was an orphanage in the early days in like the 40s and 50s that my mother grew up in which is a whole other like story that I would love to connect with him over which I should do at some point but but it was in that little tiny town of Springfield Ohio oh I bet I just took a yeah, no, no, no. I just went down a totally different weird path. There's a good movie in here. There's a good movie or a good podcast about two little girls in Springfield in that time. In fact, um, yeah. John, who I know a little bit, maybe not super well, but uh, talks about his life change because of McDonald's. He won a scholarship for college uh, that was a McDonald's scholarship opportunity, and it changed his world. He was like... 12 when he went to high school and 16 when he graduated, which was crazy. And his parents wow. didn't have a lot of money, but that scholarship was a game changer for him. Yeah. Well, me too. I have a similar kind of story where I was, I couldn't afford college, but I was given an anonymous donation to college to go to school. Who do we think did it? Was, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, to this day, the, the university won't tell me. Um, so I just have to kind of, pay it forward in my own personal way, you know, for another, yeah, student. So, but it was, it's crazy. Yeah. So what was young Rachel like? So if I, if I went through the Dairy Queen and I bumped into young Rachel back in the day, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. what was she like? Was she quiet? Was she loud? Was she, was, was she on her way to becoming an actor and comedian? Like, who was she? I, well, well, back in the Dairy Queen days, I was, I first was introduced to Dairy Queen because I played soccer when I was a kid, um, like through the local soccer chapter. And my dad coached my soccer team. My stepdad coached my soccer team, which was the greatest thing ever. I was very competitive. I loved it. Um, I was big into Pele and all the those like athletics. But then at the same time, I was into um, theater and music, and I always wanted to be a singer. So I was very I was very, I would say, interested in social activities. Like, I, I loved everything that happened after school. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is a great framing of it. I love that. That is a, that's a very positive, optimistic framing of it. I love that. I love yeah. everything that happened after school. I love that. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't the best student, but I certainly was really fun. And, uh, but I wouldn't say I was like a party girl because I was a complete rule follower. But I just wasn't a great student. So I'm lucky that the role that I had in uh, in becoming an actor worked out because I don't have another, I don't have a really strong skill set outside of it, Carlos. Yeah. Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. Stay with this for me. What do you think would have happened? Because I love sliding doors. Sliding doors is one of my favorite yeah. things. Literally, what would have happened, do you think, if you hadn't made it as an actor? Wow. 
well, if I hadn't been given that scholarship and if I hadn't been on that track to becoming an actor, I think I would have maybe stayed in my small town in Ohio. I don't know. Or I would have, but I always had a, a yearning as a little, when I was young, it was, my childhood was um, challenging, for lack of a better word. And I always said to myself, it's, I don't think it's going to be this way forever. And so I always had this insight of like, I'm going to move on and do other things. Um, and that I'm going to, it, it gets better. Does that make sense? Like, it's going to get better. It does. And I'm going to um, bet on myself and know that it's going to, um, that it's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be a struggle. Does that make sense? And that people live differently than I do. I don't know if that makes sense. But, but, but how did you know that? Because you, you and I both know that part of what's so hard for so many people in general and especially young people, is the sense that you're stuck. Yeah. And the sense that you're in a bad situation that you don't have any control over. Yeah. And you don't have a sense that it's going to get better. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously I so admire the people who do the work that says it gets better. Yes. Because I do think that sometimes that leaves a window open for a lot of people who otherwise don't feel any fresh air coming in and don't have any sense of this is temporary. So how did you know enough to know that it could get better or even to say to yourself as you did, it will get better. I don't, you know, honestly, Carlos, I think it was when I remember being in my parents' bathroom upstairs. It's very weird, but I remember looking in the mirror and having um, a, a feeling. I get choked up because it was, I didn't go to form it. I didn't, we didn't go to church regularly. It wasn't like something that we were brought up doing every Sunday. But I feel like I had a moment where I spiritually just had a gut feeling. Like nobody told me anything like God is with you or I I don't mean it to to sound so esoteric, but I really did have this kind of wonderful feeling that that if there is a God or whatever is out there, I just have to have faith in that. And it was kind of like this blind faith. And I've talked about it before because I didn't, it wasn't like I had any huge introduction to any kind of spiritual life. So I feel like that's it. For me, I feel very fortunate that that happened in like its purest form. Does that make sense? It does. Um, It does. But I also think that um, my mother always said to me, you know, it's really helpful when you have something to look forward to in your life. And if, if you can look forward to, and so for me, that became theater when I was in high school. I was always looking forward to doing shows and preparing for those things. And like and, and as an athlete when I was playing soccer, I remember loving to practice and getting ready for a game. Does that make sense? So it's like I think that's also why I love acting because it's not just about the performance, it's about the preparation. And so I think if you can get into that mindset where it's kind of like when a friend said this to me the other day, she said, the fun thing about vacations is that they, they start the moment you decide that you're going to go on one. And in, and it's the planning that's so fun about it. Right. And yeah. she said, so it's yeah. in the, it's in the yeah. planning of it. So I find that if I have something to look forward to that gives me the hope to keep, to keep going. And so for me, I guess you could big, big picture it. And I'm sorry that I kind of gotten the weeds there. Carlos talking about it, but 
I think it's that if I knew that, oh, I want to live this life. I want to, I want to be an actor. I want to be a performer. I just have to keep showing up. I think it's that, that notion of that there's always tomorrow. Just give it another 24 hours and keep showing up, you know, and, and a lot of phrases, a lot of things that are cliche, um, but they're cliche because they're true. You know, it's like 80% of success is just showing up. Like those were a lot of mantras for me that I, you know, it's not that I didn't have bad days, but I would always say, okay, God, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I need, I need a sign. I need some sort of sign that says, this is it. And I usually would get that sign. And I think in college when I, um, was given that scholarship and it, they said that scholarship will be taken away if you leave the theater department, if you, if you go outside of theater and music. Um, and I felt like that was such a huge boost of confidence that somebody was saying, we believe in you enough to give you this, this scholarship. And so there was a, a part of me was, you know, I, I need to, I need to show up for this. This person believes in me. And so I need to keep pursuing this. And it was all kinds of blessings. So, I don't know, I'm so long-winded, but it takes me a while to get to make my point or figure it out, Carla, sometimes. Well, well, I love that you got a chance to go on that journey. And I, I want for every person, and, and, and certainly, you know, you wish every, every child, who, particularly children who are having a challenging situation, you, you want there to be something that allows you to keep going forward and yeah. that doesn't always show up. And, and, and when I do see that it shows up, it makes me hopeful that maybe it'll show up even more for yet other kids. And I think, well, I think for me as a child, it was just having positive teachers in my life. If I'm really getting specific about, um, I mean, my mother was very supportive um, and loved musical theater. Um, but I really think that it was more, um, I was lucky when I got into college, I got into therapy. So I had a safe place to discuss things with. Um, and then I also had, um, again, wonderful teachers and, and professors when I got into college that, that gave me or guideposts for me that I, that I, yeah, I, I just don't think I would be nearly as evolved if I hadn't gone to college, if I hadn't been given those opportunities, I, I would be probably much more full of um, self-doubt than I already have in low self-esteem. You know, education was really a gift for me, being educated, you know, because there were, nobody in my family went to college. No one, no one in my, in my family has gone to school. I was the first person to go to college. And so it was, I was sort of the, the weird one, you know, when in, in a lot of families, you're weird if you don't go to college. But for me, it was looked at as, why do you want to be so highfalutin or whatever? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Rachel, tell me about your mom. Who is she or was she? Who is she or was she? Um, okay, so my mom um, was born Cynthia Ann Whitaker in um, 1941, September 3rd. Um, and uh, she had a really rough childhood. Were taken from their family when they were around six, and then they were taken to this Masonic home for children in Springfield, Ohio. Um, and she was raised there until she graduated high school, um, and then she went to university. But during that time, my mom always reflects back, and she's very funny and full of um, and loved musical theater. And so I think that's why I loved musical theater and theater in general so much. Um, but she, um, she's, she was given so much from this Masonic home that she grew up in. She was given things that she wasn't going to be able to afford in her normal, from if she had stayed with her family. Um, she and my aunt were given musical lessons. Like they both played the violin and the viola. They, they went to museums. They went on field trips all over the place. And my mother at that time was saying she was just so glad she had clean clothes and a bed to sleep in. And so my mother was the type of person that never took anything for granted, was 
very, um, very thoughtful, always tried to walk in other people's shoes as much as she could. Um, I think she also struggled with not feeling good enough her entire life. Um, but, but she was, I don't know, it was, it was complicated, you know, because when you grow up in an orphanage until you're 18, you don't really have parents. And back then they didn't have therapy. So it wasn't like there was somebody that could sit down with them and say, this is what happened. And this is how we're going to take care of you. And we love you. And if you need a hug, we're here for you. Um, and so I think that colored the whole way that she um, parented my brother and my sister and I. And then later she married my stepdad and, and um, he's one of the best things that ever happened to us. Um, and then in his three children. Oh, his three stepkids. So there were six kids with these two parents later. And my mom did a great job considering she she had no um she didn't really have parents. Did, did did she work outside the home? She did. She worked as a secretary um for um a few companies and yeah, and then it, it's like she she worked outside the home, but then she also um she at one point she was um, like a, she was just babysitting children during the day when we were in school. So she was taking care of her own kids and then also working as a, I mean, now we would call her a nanny or a daycare, but then back then it was just like, Oh no, my mom babysits kids, you know, during the week. And then, yeah. So, and then my, and my dad was a, um, worked for a company called McCormick Equipment and he worked for that company for over 40 years and he was a blue collar worker and every day got up, you know, 7 a.m., came back at 5 p.m. And what happened to your birth father, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, no, I don't mind at all. Um, my birth father and my mother divorced when I was two. Um, and they had a very turbulent relationship. This becoming a very dark episode of Carlos Watson show, sorry. Um, but it's the truth. Um, yeah, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. So um, my so my biological father, um, they divorced when my mother was, when I was two. Um, and back then it was the 70s, you know, that was like 1970. So um, my grandparents and my uncles, I think they all said, you know, it's best if you don't come around very often. And so I only saw my biological father once a year um, until I was 18 and when I was in college and was like, I think this is going to be weird <laughs> if I don't really know my dad. Uh, I think I need to spend time with him. And so and until he died, we did have a great relationship and I got to know him and it was great. But yeah, that's, and he worked for Redstone Arsenal in Alabama. So he was a software engineer and was part of a Patriot project and all of these really fascinating things for the government. Yeah. Crazy. College educated or no? Yes. College educated. He went to Ohio state university. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sorry, I'm asking all this, but I, I'm, I'm genuinely no. fascinated. How did your mom and birth dad meet? They met at Capitol university. My dad was doing undergrad at Capitol and they met there. And then my mom, uh, honestly, she got pregnant and they got married right back, you know, and back in the day, that was, that was not cool. 
And so they got married, they, they got pregnant with my older sister and then, um, and then they got married. So they were very young. My mother was like 19 when she got married and she had just left the home in Springfield when she was 18. So she went from living in this Masonic children's home to living with my dad and was very ill-equipped, you know, and the only thing that I think really saved her in, in that regard was that my aunt was also in the, in the home with her. So they had each other. That's what they've always said was that the only way that they were able to make it through that was because they had each other. Rachel, what a, um, it's just such a reminder of how these certain things can happen in our lives and we can just end up down certain roads. I mean, as I hear you talk about your mom in a different world, she's easily someone who could have gone to college and that would have created a completely different trajectory, uh, for her. And, um, and so it, it, and, and some of the things that I can tell she must have said to you casually, intentionally, what have you mm-hmm. probably fed you uh, yeah. somewhat as you were moving through, you know, growing up. Yeah. No, well, she definitely, um, I remember distinctly, because I've said this to my friends before, she would always say to me, Rachel, you can be anything you want to be if you put your mind to it and you apply it and you apply yourself to it. And I, I believed her. And and that's kind of wonderful because I was like, well, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be an actor or a singer. And I really, and I just really believed in that. And And that was a seed that was planted when I was very young. And she said, there's two things I want you to do. She said, I just want you to be kind. I just want you to be a nice girl. Um, and then, and I think she also, she also said, and just don't get pregnant. You know, she was like, just make sure you're married before you have children. And, um, you know, so it was, it, I mean, it's like it's good advice. But <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Well, they, they traveled through you. They, they, they traveled through you and they stayed with you probably yeah. in, in, in ways you're both aware of and maybe even not fully aware of. Yeah. I mean, given the world that we live in now in 2021, I love that the worst thing that could have happened was that I got pregnant, you know, it was in her mind when we're dealing with so much now that is so much worse. It'd be like, that's fine if you get pregnant. Like, we'll cope with that. We'll, we'll be able to deal with that. You don't have a terminal you know, illness and you don't have, you know, there's so yeah, a lot of worse things that can happen. Rachel, when did you first start having some acting success? I mean, I love that you said that she believed in you. You were believing in yourself. She loved musical theater. You get the scholarship uh, in college. But when did you actually start to have some success? And when did you actually start to think, like, this is actually going to happen? Or did mm-hmm. you go into it the whole time just assuming that mom was <laughs> right, that this could happen? Well, I don't want to seem like a, concrete, like a complete sociopath. But, um, but uh, I, you know, it really started early for me. I mean, I'm very lucky that when I was even in grade school, I was doing uh, parts and plays. And was just like, I'm very good at this, like sort of precocious in that trial that you're like, just, she's too much, just calm down. Um, and then, and then when I got into high school, I did a lot of, you know, I did all of these crazy shows, Brigadoon, um, Hello Doll, all of the classics, right? Fiddler on the Roof, all these things. And then when I got to college, that's actually when 
I thought maybe I can do this, but I was very nervous. Uh, and luckily the, I went to Otterbine college that's now Otterbine university. And they had, um, a, uh, an internship program in New York and I went to New York and worked for the casting agency agency. And we would see back then, you know, everything was done through the mail. And so they wanted you to see the business side of it. Right. Which was great because when you, when you're an actor, you think, Oh, I'm just going to go audition for parts. And you don't really think about the business aspects of it. So they would have stacks of submissions. Um, and there's no way they were going to go through them so that, and, and even the, even seeing that didn't deter me. But I was like, it doesn't matter. I just need one casting director to say she's good or whatever. So I think, I think it was in the early 2000s, I'd moved to Los Angeles. I mean, I really was banking on myself. I really was like, I'm going to do this. I know that I'm good. I just have to find the right vehicle. And then I had had an agent in New York. I couldn't get arrested in New York. I couldn't get any plays, any, nothing. I mean, nothing. So I don't know why I didn't quit then. But I had an agent in New York that said, I'm going to open an agency in Los Angeles. Would you like to come out? And I called my parents and I said that my agent's going to open up a, an, an agency in Los Angeles. And they said, go. They're like, please go. Because I have an uncle that lived in West Covina. <laughs> <laughs> and so my stepdad was like, please go. And um, and I went and he said, because I think you would work a lot in television and commercials. And I was a little offended because I was like, I'm a serious theater actress. I'm going to do drama. Like I... And, uh, and then when I got to Los Angeles, I started doing theater out here. It's like, I did a show with Ron Glass, um, at the Tamarind, which was one of the best experiences of my life. And I loved, I learned so much from him just telling, you know, it, that's a whole other show and book and whatever. But, um, but then I started auditioning for commercials and getting callbacks. And I had one casting director that really was committed and said, you can do this. Did you just have to, you just have to keep showing up, which was great. And then once I booked two national commercials and, um, and guest starred, like I was on sister, sister, but my first big job was on sister, sister in a recurring role. Where I was like, wow, this is big time with T and Tamara Mallory and, um, and Jack Cole and Tim Reed. And that was great. That was one of my first big jobs. And that's when I thought, okay, I think I can do this. Um, even though I had been working in restaurants all over New York City for years and in Los Angeles. And so I think that was the first time that, um, I think the first two national commercials that I booked on the same day, which was absurd because I'd been auditioning in Los Angeles for about three, four years. And then both those came in in one day. They, 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 wait, wait, they literally call, both called you to tell you you got it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my agent. Yeah same casting director and they were for two things one was for I think it was for Listerine where all I did was like swish Listerine in my mouth not kidding and then the other one was for um an insurance company I want to say it was for like Allstate or something have you stayed in touch with that casting director uh I I would have yes but he is since wow yeah Danny Goldman and he was a real, like everyone, he was a very big commercial casting director back in the day. But Danny Goldman was amazing, yeah. And so once you get these first two, do you quit the restaurant jobs? Do you stop 
Were, were you were you waitressing? What were you doing? I was working at Kate Mantellini in Los Angeles, right across from Burlstein Gray, and seating everyone. Like I got to see Billy Wilder actually one day, uh, which was amazing because <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite films. Um, so that was mind blowing. And he had frog legs for lunch, which was again was just like so insane and amazing. Um, and Mel Brooks, like I got to work with Mel Brooks on Kirby Enthusiasm, but I also got to see him at the restaurant. Bonnie, um, Bonnie Franklin came in from One Day at a Time, which I was like, oh my god, I loved One Day at a Time and the Jeffersons, like that whole comedy block, right? Yep. yep. So that was that was incredible. Um, and then I saw all of these really fancy managers that I was dying to work with. And I was like, one day I'm going to work with you. One day I'm going to work with somebody from this, from Roasting Gray. And I did. Would, would you make a pitch? Like, were you, were you one of the folks who'd no, be like? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 Oh, no. you didn't? Oh. No, no, no. I would okay. never pitch to them. Okay. I was just okay. like, please don't recognize me as a host. <laughs> please only know me when I'm, when I'm working. I was just like, hi, no, see you your menus. Have a great lunch. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a weird time because all of the waiters and waitresses, all of us, we were all actors. We were all hustling, you know, trying to get jobs. And so I would work there at the, during the day at Kate Mantellini and then drive down to the center theater group in the evening and cold call people to try to get them to buy sub- like subscriptions to the center theater group for their season. And that was so crushing. And the only thing that was great about that was that I got to see the shows for free. So that's, and that's why I did it because I could see every single show for free anyway. Carlos, I am just nonstop talking. Are you just so- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what, I, No, but I, I I love this and I love people's come up stories and I love yours. And there's something good that has happened to you in this life. I feel like um, this will sound weird, but I, I feel a little bit like um, uh, like you got kissed by an angel. I feel like someone was looking out for you a little bit and that you got yeah. a, you got a little kiss. And and not sure. that everything's been easy and not that everything's been straightforward, but that there's so many different ways this could have played out. So many different ways it could have played out. And I think I can tell that you like the way it's played out. And so I'm happy for you that it played yeah. out this way, which says to me that, you know, you got kissed by an angel a little bit. And so, um, yeah, so I, 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 I like that. So when did you quit the restaurant business? When did you, when did you... Uh, stop having to do the straight hostess face and, and instead. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Well, I, I think it was, I know what it was. It was, uh, I'd gone to the groundlings, which was as that was a huge turning point was getting into the groundlings. And that's where all of my best friends are from. My best friend, Cheryl Hines, we met at the groundlings a hundred years ago. Um, and uh, Susan Yeagley, who's married to Kevin Neal. And she's one of my all of us, in Tony School, all these people that you don't know that I, whatever, that are my closest friends that have seen me at my worst and also seen me at my best, like on stage when we had fantastic sketches. So when I, so you're like, that's not the question that I asked you, Rach, but let's circle back. Um, um, all right. So it was when I was in the Groundlings and I, 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 I got, um, I was, performing in the Sunday company and Christopher Guest, Eugene Levy and Karen Murphy, that's their executive producer came to a Sunday show looking for people to be in 
a movie called Dog Show. And so they came and we didn't know, thank goodness, because I would have, my anxiety would have gone through the roof and I would not have been able to perform the right way or, or be my true authentic self. I would have been too nervous. Um, so luckily I didn't know they were there. And then after the next day they called and they said, Eugene Levy and Chris Guest want to meet you for a meeting. And I ended up being in Best in Show, this little part. And then from that, I went to do Fat Actress with Kirstie Alley. Um, and once I did Fat Actress, that's when I quit working at the, at the, um, at their restaurants and stuff. Cause that was a regular series. Like I knew like, Oh, I'm in this series. I'm a series regular. And I, and I can't, I can't, I can't do my shift. <laughs> What's been the most fun part of being, cause when I look at the variety of things you've had a chance to do from the daily show to fat actors with gears on and on and on. Like what's been the most fun thing when you look back and I don't have any preconceived notions. I'm just curious from someone who actually has been in it and actually got to do it. Like what has been the most fun about this ride? What have you enjoyed? Well, I think uh, there's, there's a couple of things that have been the most fun um, for different reasons. Like I, I have to say being in the hangover and getting to swear my face off and, and, and really put my parents in a difficult situation was fantastic. Like that was, that was, and having somebody tell me, like having Todd Phillips say, I want you to say this and be like, well, you're the director. And, uh, and I willingly did it. So it was, I, would, I wasn't forced under duress to do any of that. Um, but so I have to say the hangover was, was extraordinarily fun. Um, an independent feature that I did called natural selection where I was the lead in every single scene. That was the, that's my most satisfying, um, creative work that I've done so far yet that I've done yet because there's going to be more. Um, and then I think, I, I think those are the two most satisfying things that I've gotten to do. I, I don't know, but, but then also just creatively producing with my best friend, Cheryl, like just, I have to say like fun wise, like creating something with her and then pitching it to people and having them get excited. And then, and creating my own work and, and the, the experience and the groundlings of writing my own sketches, getting them up on their feet, casting. I think that has been the most fun too, you know, like getting to have your own vision and create it from the, from the ground up is, is really exciting and, and super fun. You have a big hit series coming. I know, I know, I know Lucifer's special, but you have a big hit series coming that you're the star of, and you're going to enjoy that so much. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to have a really nice run. I can feel it. You're going to have a really, really nice run. Carlos, I feel that too. And I don't think that's presumptuous, but I'm ready. I think that's the thing, like I'm ready and I'm ready to be a boss in the best sense of the word. Like I'm ready to have a fun and safe, like crazy, exciting atmosphere at work where everyone feels heard and like where the prop guy can say, oh, you should say this. And we'll be like, that's just, that's amazing. I'm saying that, you know, where it just is where everybody wins, you know, where that's what I want. And that's what Cheryl and I have been, are wanting to create. So we are, yeah, 
whether we do that together or do that yeah, alone, I'm ready. I think you guys are going to do it together. I've recently been around a couple of partner teams, and it's a really beautiful thing to see. There's a music group called the City Girls. Do you know City Girls? I They're don't. a hip-hop group. They're kind of like the new Salt and Peppa. They're great. And Well, Salt and Peppa, of course, I can relate to because that's my... Yeah. Yes. That's my that's my wheel that's my genre. That's my wheelhouse. That's what I grew up with. You're gonna love these you're gonna love these women. Uh, they're from Miami and they've known each other since they were in junior high school and they also really like each other a lot. And so recently I've had a couple scenarios where I've been with people who have good partners and there's also there's good energy. Or we were I was talking to the guy from uh, Airbnb who started Airbnb and he talked about enjoying doing it with his partners one of whom had been his college roommate who he moved out here with and another guy. And there's something good about that that allows you to stay strong and stay creative and stay optimistic through what are the inevitable ups and downs. And so do you think it'll be a comedy? Do you think it'll be a drama? What do you, what, what, what is this show, which I'm, I'm dubbing okay. Rachel. I'm calling it Rachel. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I'm okay. calling it Rachel. What is this? What is I'll this show? It. Yeah. I'll take it. Let's do it together. We can produce it. Um, no, I, um, it's, I think it's a comedy dramedy. I think that because there are aspects of my, like I said, I do, I do find myself swearing very easily. I don't swear around my children. I try not to. <laughs> Although one of the funniest things I've ever heard is my four-year-old not realizing what he was saying. And he just was like, oh, and I was like, oh, and I knew that was me and his father we were separated and I knew at any rate. So I like to swear. So what, what I'm trying to say, and I know it takes me 18 years to get it out, but what I'm trying to say is that I like to swear. I like it when people have real conversation. I like things to be I like overlapping. I don't like music playing. Like, I don't know if you, if you've seen like sitcoms, right. There's like music that kind of like tells you something, but I don't like that. (laughs) You don't want that. Okay. No walk up music. Okay. No, no walk-up music. Like I, I love shows like um, Better Things, and I love my and Sharon Horgan is one of my. She's uh, Sharon. I don't know. You, you maybe you've interviewed Sharon. I don't know, but she's not yet. No. no. Oh, she did Catastrophe with. Um, that's one of my favorite shows. So it's more along those lines of, and like I'm, I'm an old school Ally McBeal lover. So it's like if I could do a one hour that is funny, but it is also you have like a very special episode of Rachel. Ooh, you know, I'm really, I'm liking this and I love the Ally McBeal reference because that was a little more groundbreaking than I think about now. You know, before her, Mary Tyler Moore kind of had something yes. like that, meaning that it was funny, but there also was serious. And yeah. it clearly was her show and it had a whole set of interesting characters. Yeah. So. Because I no. think that, like, for example, this is this is kind of horrible, but it's the best example I can give for the tone of the show that I would want to do, is that when my father died, I love him so much. He's 6'3", my stepdad, who I'm referring to, he's my dad. When he died, we, it's in Ohio, right? And you know this, because you're in Cleveland. The home that we were in was, it was old. And so all of, like, the doorways and hallways were very narrow. And he's a very tall man. And gratefully, he died in the home. We were right there with him. I was holding his hand. We were like, you can go now. It's great. And then the funeral, um, the the funeral home came. And they came in a minivan. It's okay. Um, My dad, again, is 6'2". And they came to take him. 
and they got like a stretcher. They put him on the stretcher and then they're taking him out of, (laughs) they couldn't get his body around through the door and the hallway. And so I'm sitting there looking at it and my brother, who's funnier than I am, my brother, Jack Harris, who I absolutely love and he's my heart and soul. He, he's helping these two guys who literally one was six foot and one was like five foot. And we're like, this isn't going to work. You guys are going to be able to handle my dad. So my brother helps out and he's got them and he looks at me and we start laughing so hard as they're taking my dear sweet father's body out of the house because we're like, this is, this is something that you would see on new heart or on Mary Tyler Moore or, 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 or Atlanta, I don't know, or anything that just, you'd see this horrible, this very sad thing. And then this very <laughs> funny thing happened where you can see them like sweating and trying to like figure out how they're going to get my dad out of the house. And then at the same time, I'm like getting all the family out into the yard so they don't have to see it. I don't know, but that's like the tone of the show that I want. I want these real things that are horrible, right? That we have to experience sometimes. Like it's like crying and it's like laughing in church where you, where it's, and where you just, it's some of the funniest things come out of the most horrific and sorrowful moments of our lives. And I, and I feel like that's real and, and raw. And then you can be crying, you know, five minutes later and so sad, but that would be the tone of the show that I want. I don't know if that makes me sound like a really sick person. <laughs> or <laughs> no, it's a great a show. And, and, and you, well, I like that you put Newhart and Childish Gambino, uh, Donald Glover yes. in the well, same Donald, category. But I, Both of them are funny. You understand, yeah. like, it gets real. Like, he's able to make, he is very, it's, that's what I like. I don't even, it's not even about the people or the characters. It's for me, it's the authenticity of that show. And if it's real. And that's what I'm drawn to. And I think that's, that's what I want to see because it isn't always, you know, pink paint and balloons and happy, you know, it's like real and, and that we learn so much, you know, we only really know the true joy if we experience the pain, right? I know that somebody really wonderful said that, but I don't know who it is. <laughs> it might have been Rachel Harris. Who knows who it was? It could have, it could have been anybody. Uh, it could have been. It's true. It could have been. I don't know. <laughs> it easily could have been. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. I'm going to try something with you called rapid fire. Do you mind if I hit you with five or six things? We may go all over the map a little bit. I just, I just want to warn you, like when you say rapid fire, you're going to have to keep reminding me that you're like, Rachel, this isn't a three hour interview. We can't but it, but it could it. be, but it could be, but it could be. I just trust you guys to edit out all of the ramblings and yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your favorite color. Orange. Your favorite stand-up comedian? Oh wow! Oh 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 oh! Chris Rock. Um, your favorite? Yes. Oh oh oh! Yeah, no. Who's your runner-up? You got a runner-up. You got a runner-up. I can't say my runner-up. I'm a child of the '70s. Go, go ahead, give it up. Mm-mm, I can't. Okay. It was. It was. It's not anymore. But I. But I grew up listening to Bill Cosby on on vinyl. Yes. Dude, I remember. It's a really crazy day to say that. <laughs> it is a crazy day to say it. Well, 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 Let's not do that. We're not going to say that. Say that. <laughs> right. A different day. All right. Your but I'm favorite- telling you, that was uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. But Chris Steve Rock. Martin. Steve yeah. Martin and Chris Rock. Yep. And yeah. Eddie Murphy. Oh, my gosh. Those three guys. Impossible. You're like, it's rapid fire rate. <laughs> All right. Your favorite movie? Tootsie. Hands down. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you pull in the 1982-er. Yes. All right. Um, uh, uh, your karaoke song? The Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh my goodness. Um, I can hear it. That's Bonnie. What's her name? Turn around every now and then I get a little bit time. Oh, I know exactly. Turn around right <laughs> I know exactly. It's Bonnie. It, it is, isn't it? Dude, that's from our, yeah, high school and stuff like that. Yeah. Turn around. Okay. Biggest hair. Oh my gosh. Biggest hair you've ever had. Oh gosh. In high school, like my senior picture, wings. Biggest hair? I don't know. It could be. Maybe high school. Yeah, 1986, I want to say. Just whiff. All right, boyfriend Boyfriend that got away. Oh, Bob O'Dare. Ooh. Bob O'Dare, Bobby O'Dare. Ooh, and what a great name. I mean, 
You already see Bobby O'Dare. Where, where is yeah. Where is Bobby O'Dare? Do we know? He he married he married one of our childhood friends. Great couple. I don't blame him for marrying Katie Dawson. I was a head case, you know, like Kate, Katie Dawson. Look, clearly from my childhood, I had a lot to unpack, Carlos. <laughs> I'm still unpacking it. Okay, so kudos to Bob O'Dare for maybe for marrying Katie Dawson. Like he. She was just like, he was, but he was my high school love and like the greatest, still to this day, one of the greatest men I've ever known. Oh my God. Right. Most beautiful place you've ever been. Most beautiful place I've ever been. I would say probably, I'm, I'm sure everybody says this, but Portofino, Italy. Uh, I love Portofino, so beautiful and Capri, but then I also love Telluride. Like I love the snow. Like I, I can't be, Christmas for me has to be in, well, you know, being from Cleveland, I just needed to be cold. I just need to be able to put on a sweater. Now, are you an Airbnb girl? Are you a hotel girl? Oh, I am a hotel girl. I'm a hotel girl. I love, oh, I love a really swank hotel. Love it. I appreciate it. I love all the trappings that come with it. I love the peninsula in New York City. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I, li- I like the peninsula too. You like peninsula? Yeah. That's your favorite though, you think? No, no, I, I, I think, um, well, ironically enough, in San Francisco, I loved, I think I loved the St. Regis. Yes. Is that right? Like, yes, or yes. love that hotel. But then I also love the Four Seasons Maui in Wailea. Yeah. Um, but I do, I, I mean, I just love the peninsula on 57th and 5th, so, or 55th maybe, just because everything that it comes with. You know, I just love that I feel like I'm in a really beautiful home. <laughs> you know, you know, you already, it's so funny. When you did this thing there, I saw you in your movie. That was like your Audrey Hepburn moment. Like you were like, you were having your Audrey Hepburn moment when you did that. I could see you. I could see you with the Peninsula thing. I do. I love it. I love it so much. I appreciate it. Like I really, and I feel like it's worth every single penny. Ooh. You know what? That's the good thing about this life. All right, so we're gonna keep doing rapid fire. What else is on that oh, list? Sorry. <laughs> All right. What what else, what else is on Rachel Rachel Harris's list of worth every penny? What else in this life would you immediately say worth every penny? What else is on that list? Okay, so a, an amazing. Uh, okay, a dinner at Gramercy Tavern in New York City in the bar in the bar area, not in the back restaurant area, but in the bar area with friends, with like six people, anything you want to drink, eat, laughing, hard, worth every penny. I think, um, I do think Maui, Hawaii is one of my favorite places. And I know people say Paris or, or, you know, Fiji or whatever, but I, there's something very special to me about Maui, Hawaii, that island in particular, worth every penny. Um, I think, um, uh, oh, I think like a, a, a private plane when you can get like on a jet and go from Los Angeles to New York in a short amount of time, worth every penny. But I also think if you're, for, listen, okay, first class or even business class to Europe, worth every penny. I'm a sleeper. I like to like plan it out so that I can sleep for eight hours, right? So that it's, it's a 10 hour trip. I like I, worth every penny. A flatbed, a flatbed sleeping on a cross country flight worth every penny. Um, 
What else? What's not worth every penny? Like clothing. Rachel Harris, you are awesome because I love it. You are my little niece who I used to say we, we, we'd celebrate her birthday and we'd get cake and we'd do the whole thing. I'd say, did you have a great birthday? And she'd say, no, not until we've had cake three times. And I love yes. it. And I love that you, there are, there are multiple things that are worth every penny. That's, that's a good sign that, that you've encountered multiple things in this life that are worth every penny. Yes. And healthcare, good healthcare. I'm just saying that to make myself look like a normal, nice human being. <laughs> okay. Favorite TV series? Oh, wow. Favorite TV series. Come on. Out live, I'm going to say Allie McBeal. Oh, you had to. You had to. Okay. Miss Barry White. Okay. Um, uh, if you could have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? If dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, well, I've always said that my dream is to have dinner with um with michael dorsey and that's which is the lead character in tootsie and okay so really basically what it is just that we don't my dream is to have dinner with justin hoffman and bill murray at the same time and just talk to them about the making of tootsie and i wish sydney pollock could be there but he couldn't he i mean he's he's since Ooh. So again, it's never an easy answer for me. <laughs> but but that's a good group. And Sidney Pollack has so many good movies. We could spend time just yeah. on that. All right, last couple here. What's your favorite thing about Lucifer? What's your favorite thing about that series? Getting to do the the back and forth the back and forth scenes with Tom Ellis that were like therapy, where I got to where I played the therapist, and they each one felt like um, a little one act play. For those scenes that I got to do with him, and how much, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, how much our fans that were global all over the world, how much they love the show and how much they, they relate to it. And they, they say thank you for doing a show about people that feel like they're irredeemable, finding redemption. Um, most interesting thing you've learned about love? Wow. Oh. Um, hmm. Okay. The most interesting thing that I've learned about love is that it doesn't require a legal document to be meaningful. Um, and that also our hearts are big enough to love many people. That somebody that I love, right, that I'm in a love relationship with, they can love many other people. It doesn't just have to be me. Does that make sense? It does. Did it take you a long time to get to that or have you always been there? Uh, no, I think it took me a long time to get to the place where my views on marriage have shifted so much. Um, just given my experience, um, I think it's the greater thing is to look. I know the reason why we have marriage is so we all have the same rights, right? So we're entitled to these certain things. But I think if you really love someone, you don't have them sign a contract and you show up for them just without any kind of contract. How do you show up for someone when there isn't a legal recourse that can be done if you don't? I think for me, that's more appealing to me at this point in my life. And I learned from my children that they have big enough hearts to love so many people and that I'm so grateful that they have, that they can love me and their dad and their, you know, 
people that are looking after them and their teachers and their friends and that they have these big, huge, enormous hearts. Uh, Rachel, I'm going to come find you when you're 90. Uh, where are we going to meet? Where am I going to see you? What's going to happen? I'm going to come find you when you're 90. Uh, uh, get, set the scene for me. Give me, get, you know, paint the scene for me. Okay. I could either be living in New York and by myself in a great apartment, um, going to theater on a regular basis, having fantastic dinners at the Gramercy Tavern <laughs> with course. wonderful friends, um, surrounded by my children and whoever they love and if they have children or not, but I would love to be really in their lives, but also separate giving them, you know, that I've raised them really well, that they've had, that they have, they're just happy. So I think that's where I would be either. I'd be in, cause I like the idea of being surrounded by people, lots of people when I'm in my nineties and really healthy and strong. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. I see you. I see you on the edge of central park. Um, uh, Rachel, this was fun and I so enjoyed it. And I, it, I don't know why it just hit me now. I was looking forward to this. And one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this is, you know, how sometimes you have an association with a name. Well, when I hear the name Rachel, I think of my friend Rachel Donaldson uh, in Santa Monica. And Rachel was one of my first friends in college. And she remains one of the best human beings I've ever met. And so I realized that I have a very super positive association. Anytime I hear a Rachel, I immediately assume that they are a spiritual cousin of Rachel Donaldson. So I knew I was going to enjoy this. And, and now I'm going to call Rachel and tell her that there's another good Rachel I met. So thank you for giving and me she's the in time. Santa Monica? She's in the Santa Monica. Oh my gosh, she's, she's in Santa Monica. Yeah. I'd love to meet her. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to arrange up because Rachel is a therapist in Santa Monica and is- uh, That's crazy. Crazy and- uh, uh, fun, uh, one of the best dancers uh, you will ever meet. Uh, Rachel D was uh, uh, well, was a uh, was a very good dancer uh, in her day, and just a good person. They don't make better people. She 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 is and was a good person. So, aren't you lucky to have her in your life? I am. I am. I was down in LA two weeks ago, and even though I hadn't spoken to her in a couple of years. She came over and said hello, and I got to see her for two seconds, which was really nice. Yeah, the greatest. And you, I bet you picked up right. It felt like you never. That we right right away. No right away. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Good That's friends. good people. Good friends. Yeah. Good friends. Um, Rachel Harris, I'm going to smile at you and let you go, but I'm so glad that you came and uh, and thank you. And I I'm, I'm going to come on the set. When you and Cheryl have your show, I hope you'll let me. Oh if you'll let gosh. me, I'm going to come on your show. No, well, you're, you're, you have a premonition and you're predicting it. Of course, I'm going to ask you to be on the show. I'm ready. We're going to write you a cameo. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. All right. Okay. So good to talk to you. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends to find us on the iHeart Podcast app or Apple Podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.